0: Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. Uh, Happy New Year. This is the first of the Golf Monthly podcast for 2016. Uh, come into the Clubhouse, grab yourself a pint, sit down. Uh, actually, you might want a, uh, some sort of health shake or a paracetamol after the uh, Christmas period has come to an end. Uh, I am joined this week, my name's Neil Tappin, by the way, Golf Monthly's digital editor, and I am joined this week by uh, Golf Monthly's Nick Bonfield. Nick, did you have a nice Christmas? Very nice, thank you, Neil. Uh, we're laughing, actually, because Christmas hasn't taken place. We are doing this in the week before Christmas. Um, and um, it's already been quite a big build-up, hasn't it, Tom? Tom Clark, by the way.
1: Um, hello, yes. Um, I've had two curries this week already, so, um, and, yeah. Roast dinners to come, pints. Keep your distance. Mulled wine. Looking forward to it.
0: You very much have a throw-the-kitchen-sink-at-it approach to Christmas then, Tom.
1: That's, that's my view on most things in life, yes.
0: <laughs> okay, well, um, we are going to take a look ahead at the year to come, and our first topic to talk about is the majors, and we've got some quite interesting venues coming up next year. Um, Augusta, obviously, um, but then we go to Oakmont for the U.S. Open, Troon for the Open itself, and on to Balters Rule. Uh, for the USPGA in August and that's actually being brought forward to accommodate the Olympics and we will talk about the Olympics um, a little bit later but Nick, I'm going to start with you of those three so let's take Augusta out of the mix um, which is the
2: pick of the bunch for you? Probably Troon for me it's, it's probably the least well known of all the venues on the open rotor yeah, slightly underrated I would say. slightly underrated and great potential for, for excitement on that back nine with a succession of very long par fours playing into the wind Uh, And it hasn't been played there since Todd Hamilton used his hybrid to great effect in 2004. (laughs) Indeed. I think we all remember.
0: I I was at Golf Monthly at the time, and I do remember the editor at the time coming out of her office uh, and telling the instruction editor... That we needed to have a page in the magazine on how to play the hybrid chip, and this was the day before we went to pre- press. And the the looks of astonishment on everyone's faces about how we were going to do that was um, was quite interesting. But it was a, it, you know, in all seriousness, it was a shot that came into um, into the game really as a result of Tom ha- Todd Hamilton and the way that he used it that week.
1: He almost used it every single hole. That's all I can remember. All I can remember <laughs> of that, that Open is Todd Hamilton being about thirty yards short of the green. And chipping it to about two feet every single time and with his hybrid. Dismayed Ernie Else looking on. He <laughs> dismayed everybody. Everyone. Who is this guy? I'll go away in a minute. No, no, he, he's still sticking with it. It, it was remarkable, really.
0: And, um, I mean, Todd Hamilton was a bit of an anomaly because he came from nowhere to win it. And let's, be, let's face it, he hasn't done an awful lot since. Um, but who, what sort of players do you think Troon would suit,
2: especially given that back nine that you've spoken about? I think you've got to look at the, the total driving category is probably one of the most important there, um, the ability to... Flat greens as well, so I think that probably emphasises the point that you're making. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you get those low spinning drives going through the wind, the guys that have the distance and, and can play that knockdown drive, someone like Garcia perhaps, who plays that drive to great effect, maybe. I know I pretty much wrote his major chances off in, in <laughs> two podcasts ago, but... Looking at it now, it does seem like a venue that could be quite, quite suited to him. We think that every year, though, about the Open, don't we?
1: <laughs> I think it's going to be one of those ones that's actually really, um, depending on, obviously, the weather, it's going to be one of the courses that really, really suits Lynx specialists players. And I think one person to really look out for Tune is Ricky Fowler. He absolutely adores Lynx golf. He's done so well in the past. Well, uh, Walker Cups when they were played on links view, uh, venues, done well at Opens before. He's one I think could uh, really challenge.
2: Yeah, I think you look back to 2000, was it 2011, where he was in atrocious conditions and played oh, one St. of the George's, finest yeah. rounds in, in recent Open history, yeah, yeah. and everyone took up and sort of sat up and took notice and said, Man, this guy's not just a flash in the pan." He's and I think that, that performance will make would make him a popular winner of the Open because the
0: the Open everyone talks about how knowledgeable British fans are. And be that as it may. Um, I think what people really like is players who come come over and are able to show their skill when the weather is bad because it just exposes you as a golfer, doesn't it? When, when the wind is up and the rain's coming in, if you don't have every single shot in the book, you, you simply will not compete. And watching someone like Ricky Fowler, who's a, a young American, a lot of people thinking he probably plays the game entirely through the air, he's not going to be suited to this. To watch how he plotted his way around that round and, sh- and shot such a low score, it was just it stuck out like a sore thumb. I remember it very well, his round of golf that day.
2: I think he'd be a popular winner. Oh, definitely. And You've got to have that temperament to succeed in Open Championships. If you look at the, the leaderboard after two days on most occasions, about the bottom 10 are filled with American players who've come over, haven't really prepared and just thought, obviously, when the conditions start deteriorating, off oh, sod this, you know, I'll just miss the cut comfortably and head on back to America and start playing the ball through the air again. <laughs> so it's, it's great to see the American guys who come over and really prioritise the Open Championship and actively learn the shots that they're required to succeed, like Phil Mickelson did. Because initially he was poor in the Open Championship and he really set about developing the game to win there and then he won in 2013, so... Hats off to him. Yeah. yeah, that was a great story. To and Tom, for you of those open venues, uh, any any of the others
1: that you'd like to? I'm hire? looking forward to uh, the USPJ because it's going to be in New York, New Jersey. It means one thing: it's going to be really, really loud. It's going to be really, really fun. The crowd's going to be massive. USA, USA, yeah. USA, etc., etc., etc. For everyone over here, it will probably get a bit boring, but I think the atmosphere that they can create and it usually means that the, the guys really ri- rise to the challenge and really try and show off on there, I think that could be a really good tournament to, you know, a tournament which
2: isn't always the most popular, kind of at the time of year, it could be one that's really, really good. To, to yeah, I think if you look back since the turn of the century, the USPJ has arguably provided the most excitement out of any of the four majors and um, always oh, just really, really enjoy the USPGA and it looks like a great venue again this time around. And Phil Mickelson won there last time in 2005.
1: And apparently Lee Johnson in 1993 as well. Uh, yes, yeah, I it told you that
0: just before we started. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I guess... That I, I believe he came through quite a big playoff to win there. And I'm, I'm sure Thomas Bjorn was in that playoff as well. I think, it's, it, as Tom said, it's the sort of venue that is going to create drama no matter what happens because the crowd will ensure that it does. Um, I will just quickly mention Oakmont because Oakmont is the US... Open venue this year is one of the the most historic and prestigious golf courses in the U.S. It's where Angel Cabrera won the U.S. Open. I think it was two thousand and nine, but I might be wrong. Um, and he beat Tiger Woods down the Lufus stretch. Lucas Lover,
2: I think, won in two
0: thousand and nine. Oh, there's always one. Possibly. Isn't <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I, you've put me off my stride a bit, then, but that's fine. Sorry, Don't sorry, worry. Sorry. We'll, we'll we'll carry on regardless. I, I think it has a great blend of long and short holes at Oakmont. From what my memory of it, it had the longest par three in major history, which was about almost 290 yards or something, and it was virtually impossible. And then some and then some really short par fours, certainly 17, I think, coming down the stretch is really short and is a, is a birdie hole, but it's also a double bogey hole. Um, and it also has the history of of Johnny Miller winning there, and he shot a ridiculously low score when he won there. So I think... That is set up as a classic, isn't it? It's just a classic golf course. It's,
1: I think it's going to be a classic US Open yeah. uh, golf course as well. Um, it's going to be whoever is alive at the end, you know, whoever can survive the longest is, is going to win. And that's, that's what I remember about Cabrera. He would, I think he had a lot of pars on the way in. He just managed to hold off
2: Tiger when he won. So, um, Jordan Smith then?
1: It sounds good for Jordan
2: Spieth, I'll be honest with you, let's face it. (laughs) It's the archetypal US Open venue, um, a club firmly rooted in tradition, um, an old-school kind of layout, uh, and it should present the quintessential US Open test, which is great, because for me, the US Open is my best event of the year, because I love to watch these guys toil. I can see them every other week of the year going out and shooting 65s and 66s, but to really see them scrap and really earn their money, I really enjoy watching that.
0: Yeah, I think it, it, it should be a good one. And the the certainly the the PGA is being moved to accommodate the Olympics, as we've already mentioned. Um, so the players will go from uh, New Jersey to Rio. That's not too bad, is it? It's not
1: bad. I don't know what the weather difference will be like, but um no, the Rio course is going to be it's controversial slightly. It's been built on brand a, new. Yeah, brand new. It's been built on this nice wildlife area and stuff like that it's near the city. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm not quite sure when the cut-off is for the qualifications, but um, most countries will only have two players represented. Two players, and, and the British contingent at the moment would be Danny Willett and Justin Rhodes? Justin, yeah. I think. Yeah, Justin, Justin, Rose. okay. So, um, you can get four people in there from your own country, but they've got to be four people and they've got to be in the top ten. Um, but there's going to be all kinds of people there. Some of them we will know more than others, no doubt. But also, I think the main thing is there's going to be some huge names who miss out. Um, and I do think people have just stuck. George came out, had an interview about it last week, saying he really, really wants to compete in it, wants to play, plan it, wants to do well. Uh, I think Rory choosing to play for Ireland has actually... I think there's a few Brits going, get in there, because that's going to give them a chance to... To play, so um... he, he he
0: spoke a little bit about. I was at a European Tour lunch where they announced Player of the Year for 2015 as Rory, and he uh, spoke at that lunch. And they they asked him about the Olympics. He wasn't. I wouldn't say he was effervescent and glowing about the prospect of, play, of, of competing at the Olympics. He said that the majors were his, his number one priority but he was excited about going to Rio. I think the big challenge for these guys is scheduling because it's very difficult when you reach that level to compete if you're playing five weeks in a row and it is mega busy for these guys this summer. So I think we can expect to see their schedules change a little bit for the rest of the year in order to accommodate the Olympics but let's not beat around the bush. Whoever wins the Olympics will go down in history as the first golfer to win a gold... Well, since...
1: Uh, yes, I think it was. a very
0: long time ago. To win a, a gold med- medal for their country at the Olympics. And it would be something that, given the opportunity would surely sit alongside
2: all of their major championships or whatever else they've achieved in their career, surely it would. What surprised me is that so many people have come out and, and really expressed great passion to play in the Olympics, which I, I wasn't expecting, to be honest. I was in the, I was in the camp of, uh, it's not, not the pinnacle of the sport, therefore it shouldn't be in the Olympics. And if it is in the Olympics, perhaps it should be amateurs who are playing. That's what I thought. But having spoken and having heard interviews with quite a lot and quite a broad cross-section of the professional golfing spectrum, the excitement there is palpable it really is and it, it does promise to be a great event and I'm looking forward to it forward so do you, do, do you think as a magazine we will end it would be
0: interesting to see what happens but do you think we'll end up treating whoever won the Olympics and, and giving them more coverage and more prominence than whoever wins the US PGA, because they're next to each other in the schedule those two tournaments and inevitably one will overshadow the other and it might be that one's more exciting than the other but I don't
2: know, I've got a feeling about the Olympics, and it, it, it might just capture everyone's imagination. I, I, I agree with you there. I think that certainly next year, it, the real acid test is, is how we treat the Olympics in four years' time and, and how it then compares. But next year, after it having not been in the, in the Olympics for, for 100 plus years, I think they will be slightly more revered than the person that wins the PGA. However, it does depend on how it ultimately plays out, how exciting it is, how much of a spectacle it is, how much anticipation and buzz is created ahead of the event. And these are all factors that we don't know how they're going to play out yet. So we'll have to wait and see. But I'm with you on this one. I I think it actually has a chance to
1: be quite an exciting tournament for lots of different reasons. Uh, OK, it would be nice to have five players, you know, top five in the world going down the stretch together, trying to go for a gold medal. But also, even if you have one person who flies away with it, which can happen in 72-hole championships, there's still going to be people really pushing for the silver medal, for bronze medal. And that could just be a little bit different,
2: and and could
1: be quite interesting.
2: It could, yeah, and, and the potential to win a medal and go down in history could spur on some of these lesser lights to I, I, to I, re- a strong, a really a succession of very strong performances over the four days. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw someone comparatively random surging through the field and taking a bronze medal or something like that, because the, Olympic and the Olympics and all the emotion attached to that really does bring out the best in people. Uh, I, I always remember when the Olympics was first
0: being touted as, as a possibility for golf and thinking just how much someone like Vijay Singh would want to, because he would be the first Fijian to win a gold medal at mm. the Olympics, and it would be one of those things that, outside of your little world of your sport, and golf is... Golf is very, very popular in this country and it 's a big sport, but it 's not everything it 's not football. But if Rory Mcroy or Graham McDowell or Justin Rose goes on and wins a gold medal at this, then they will get that kind of buzz that comes from doing something that transcends the sport that just steps outside the sport a little bit what i 'm also the other thing i 'm interested to see is what it will be like in the, in the athletes village for the likes of Rory McIlroy. now rory let 's be honest. Uh, is very much a first class player and first class I mean by by that I mean flying, uh, travelling uh, accommodation, wherever he goes that he, he always gets the very very best whereas this week they'll all be in the Athletes' Village and it will be completely different for them and um, do you think he'll, he'll sort of stick out like a sore thumb as being one of these people that everybody knows in the Athletes' Village or do you think that when it comes down to it, when you've got Usain Bolt walking around next to you, Rory's not going to be such a big deal?
2: Yeah maybe I, look I think everyone will relish that I don't think it'll be a problem for them. I think they'll embrace everything. Uh, And you hear all these stories about the Olympic Village and how funny it is, and you see these pictures appearing on Twitter of, oh, I just ran into Usain Bolt at one in the morning, strolling around. It's a great atmosphere by all accounts, and I think, if anything, that will help them.
1: I think it could be a really good thing for Roy. He might be one of those things where actually he loves it. He's rubbing shoulders with some people that he actually really might admire. Um, And also, I think, when you said, oh, you think that... um, maybe should be the top amateurs in the world to end the golf I always think the Olympics should be the best I hate the football tournament being I under 23 it yeah. should be the best people and you look at like uh, when Andy Murray won in 2012 at Wimbledon I think actually he, he got a lot more support because of that he and, and he, he
2: really went for it Well, his perception that seeing him tearful and emotional after that really yeah. showed how much he cared and this is a, this is a sport that's, that's very similar in some respects to golf and again it, it,
0: it transcended tennis a little bit didn't it yeah. so it, it, took, yeah. it took what was winning a gold medal at at the Olympics, and I mean, we we had never had it before as as, as Team GB, as it were. Um, but having one of our players win a gold medal at the Olympics in tennis,
2: it was just as big as one of the athletic, big athletic wins, wasn't it? It was a huge moment. Yeah, and when tennis commentators reference that, it's almost held in the same reverence as his his um, Grand Slam trium- yeah. triumph. Yeah, or triumphs. One, He's won. He's won two. He's won three. Win. Let me
1: just correct you both. He's won three. You know, leave, leave it to someone who knows his sport. Okay, it's one day. Two US opens, one one wouldn't. Wow. <laughs> Although I did pluralise initially, so perhaps I should have just,
2: yes.
0: just stopped then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go let's stop talking about tennis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the alarm bell should be going off in this office now. Um okay, so that's the the majors. It's a massive year for golf next year because after the, the majors and then we go to the Olympics, not long after the Olympics, then we go to the Ryder Cup and the Ryder Cup is the biggest event in golf. It without a question, without a shadow of a doubt and it's going to Hazeltine uh, and Hazeltine was the uh, USPGA venue that Yi Yang beat Tiger Woods in at down
2: the stretch, if I'm right Nick, do you know anything about that? Uh, we have discussions about this fairly often in the office and I still maintain that his approach to 18 is the best shot that I've ever seen um, Balls, and I'm, ball, I'm ball, he was, he was
1: hitting a, a hybrid for about 140 He's yeah, to become
2: the first Asian major winner The first person to ever defeat Tiger Woods in a major When he had the 54 hole lead And he had the most hideously difficult approach over trees To a tiny target And he pulled it off What a cue that was and, and the visions of him holding his golf bag aloft afterwards Just fantastic stuff <laughs> You're very defensive, <laughs> Mick it's, it's because I've had this conversation <laughs> so many times and I think you have to look at the circumstances as well as the shot. No, no,
0: no, you, you do, you do. And on a on a previous podcast, we talked a little bit about the European team and how it's shaping up. So please um, do listen to that. But um, I think it's probably fair just to to speak a little bit about the US team as they are hosting. Um, it's going to be quite a different side for them this year, isn't it? It's going to have a lot of new faces, and from a US perspective,
2: it should be a completely different prospect. Yeah, people like. Hunter Mayhan and some of the older guys you, you don't expect to make the side so that opens the door for someone Hunter Mahan's younger than me
1: that's he's younger than me as <laughs> well Hunter Mahan
2: and some <laughs> of the older guys ok fair um, enough but he, he, look, he's had a poor run of form but someone like uh, maybe a Justin Thomas uh, someone like Patrick Rogers perhaps could force their way into the side and, and I fully expect uh, a man who we talked about at length in the last podcast. Kevin um, Kostner. Kevin Costner. Kevin, 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 Costner, Kevin uh, Kistner, thanks. Uh, yeah, to get into the side because he's uh, a very good player. So, yeah, there should be at least... I know I went out with a bold prediction and said there would be something like five rookies on the European team, maybe slightly less than the American team.
1: Brooks
2: Koepka? Yeah, yeah, I think there'll be three, three or four, certainly, yeah. and one attribute he would be, especially given his aggression in the Ryder Cup format and his length.
1: I, I would actually say that you may be able to um, predict who's going to win it by just the teams at the start of it. If it's still, if we still have the likes of Jim Furick and Tiger manages to get in there, or something like that. I know he's the vice captain. But some of the older guards and Steve Stricker, great players. Let's let's make that abundantly clear to start off with. But they need to change that team up. They've been Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson, I think, he's actually someone who could still do a good job there. He teamed up very well with Keegan Bradley and uh, Jordan Spieth, I think, as well. Did he? Maybe in the last World no, Cup, no. Yeah. Well, that was but, but he he seems to be someone who can still um, get down with the kids. Perhaps you should stick to tennis. Uh, perhaps we should.
2: But <laughs> he, he's been a role model to a lot of those younger yeah. American
1: guys. So he he he's someone, especially the way that he came out after the the last loss and was so um, well aggressive almost towards Tom Watson. He's someone I think that haven't got a problem with still being in that team. But there are some other guys who. To still do very, very well on the PGA Tour. But it's time to... Zach Johnson? Zach yeah, Johnson right. he, Zach Johnson is on that, that cusp. He's obviously playing pretty pretty well. I don't think you'd want to just leave him out. He's also not that, not that old. But the, there are so many good youngsters in there, Fowler and Smith. You, they need to be the ones that... Lead the team. That lead that team now. It's time
2: for some of the other older guys to just step aside. Absolutely. I think we all agree that the US team needs some fresh impetus. However, the likes of Furyk and Johnson and Kucha, who have poor Ryder Cup records, I, I don't see them going away. I see them making the team because they are so relentlessly consistent. Very consistent and that could yeah. present present a, yeah. some difficulty uh, because uh, there uh, are uh, all uh, these guys bidding to get... Him, I think, Nick, no the, 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 the,
0: the space point space the that Tom space. is making is a good one, that even if those guys do make the team, it needs to be a team led by the likes of Spieth and Reed, people who, who own, they might have lost at Celtic Manor, but those two came out... Sorry, not Celtic Man. Glen Eagles. They came out of that Ryder Cup with their heads held high and with a with a record that was really impressive. And it just showed they showed a bit of guts, mm. the sort of guts that some of those older guys haven't really shown, if we're honest. And I think if you can add a few more young young names to that, and certainly Ricky Fowler would be a, on the list with with Spieth uh, and Reed. And if they can add a few younger names to it, and they can energise the team through the likes of Spieth and Reed and Fowler, then even if Kucha, Mickelson, Johnson are there, this US team could be different.
1: This is, the, this is the first time I'm worried about the Ryder Cup in ages. I know we were Medina when we were 10-6 down. Even then, I looked at both the teams and you think, Europe, Europe should win this, and I made it, they did, I know. But it was all due to the picks right at the start, the Wildcard wild picks, where he didn't pick Hunter Mahan, he didn't pick Ricky Fowler... If those guys had been there on those that final day of the singles, then I'm sure that they would have won. And unfortunately, the older guys let him down eventually, and I don't think they've ever got over that. Dan Eagles was an absolute whitewash. They got it completely wrong US team, let's face it. Yeah. But no. th- this is the first time, I think, with the energised young Americans where they could actually in front of a
2: home crowd really put up a real stern test My concerns from from the American perspective are are twofold the the first is that there's simply not going to be space in my opinion for these young guys purely because of the fact that I I think Kutcher I think Furyk and Johnson I think they will all make the team and I think they'll all qualify secondly they have heaped so much pressure on themselves with this Ryder Cup panel panel, committee if they 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 don't don't win this this time, time then it's going to be disaster stations I mean what's going to happen now this is the last resort forming this committee and they just heaped loads of additional pressure on themselves when I didn't think that was requ- required. No, I, I, can, I can see your point
0: there. Um, but looking at the two captains, if you are looking at Davis Love and Darren Clark, who would you say, who is your hunch to, to do the better job out of the two, two of them? Davis,
2: probably, for me. Carry <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> <think laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, I think he did yeah. a pretty good job, uh, for the most part, at Medina. Um, he did a great job at Medina, yeah, didn't he? He, he didn't. Did. He didn't make a mess of his order in the singles,
0: and they went in with such Perhaps a big lead. At some point, yeah. the players have to turn up and, yeah. True, and win but it for he, you. Resting
2: Bradley Mickelson maybe was questionable, but he did a good job. And I'm probably if, if you
1: if you look at that back of that, if you say who was the, the best captain there, you think Davis Love was so much better than he was. I mean, Olaf Tharbal
2: made some questionable decisions yeah. and actually wasn't a great captain, and he was saved by his players yeah. on the last day. Um, so, so I think David's love. It. I worry that Clark, and this is I don't know the guy. Uh, it's just my perception is that he won't put in as much research as someone like a McGinley. And I think he may potentially, or maybe I'm being unkind here, but get a little bit carried away um, with the whole spectacle of the thing, and actually not put in as much focus on team selections, the statistical analysis as other guys. You, um, you, you, do love a stat, Nick. So you're automatically going to I think, um, I support think McGinley anyone. McGinley Change the way that the Ryder Cup captain should behave, and I'm not sure that the Clark will follow that blueprint. That's not to say you can't win doing it another way, but I think that um, perhaps he won't follow that as rigidly as some others might, and I think that might count against Europe. I, I the worry I have with Dan, Clark, I think Dan Clark will do a lot of work for it, and
1: actually he's going to have a lot of really good team around him, including McGinley. So, uh, the thing I'm worried about is whether he will have go for a pick for his mates on tour, mm. some of the guys who have done it well in the past, almost well, kind of what I was talking about um, about the American team at it Medina it looking at the past records and not actually looking in the present um, let's face it, some of the guys I'm talking about at the Westwards and Poulter and Donners and stuff like that, they could have a very good season and also they have got an incredibly good Ryder Cup record So, but I just hope that that's not something that means
2: that some of the really good youngsters get overlooked. Definitely, Definitely. and I think the Clark will really be hopeful that some of those guys make the side because he's then presented with a, almost a decision that he can't get correct. If he doesn't pick them, perhaps he's criticised uh, for a lack of experience, and, and maybe the fact that he, there is so much scrutiny on him and a lot of people expecting him to pick his mates will actually count against them potentially because he doesn't want the backlash of people saying that he's picked his friend. Mm. Um, so I think that w- whatever direction he goes in, it could be, could be problematic. Now, there, there's a
0: score of thought that says that the best Ryder Cup captains are able to step out of the limelight and stand in the shadows and let the players come to the fore. Do you think Darren Clark fits into that mould? That sounds like a leading question. I think it's a leading question.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not particularly. No, I think that Clark will, I think he'll love the attention that he gets from this. He's a popular figure um, and I think he'll embrace it. Uh, And I don't think he will step back and and take a a side role um, as perhaps some captains in the past have done. That's just me. Uh, and that's purely my analysis of, of how I've seen him behave in interviews and how he deals with the media, etc. And I could be completely wrong, I've never met the guy before, but that's just my interpretation. I think if we Let's face it, is he going to do a faldo?
1: That's, that's what you're asking. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think he will, let's face it. Um, Darren Clark, I think he played in so many Ryder Cups. He knows how to act, not just at a Ryder Cup, but at normal tournaments. He... Has done a huge amount for golf, especially in Ireland. He's won a WGC for goodness sake. Um, he's won an Open for goodness sake. So he knows what he's doing, and um, he's he's known what he's done for the last twenty odd years. And I don't think that's going to change this year. And also, he, he's popular in America. Let's 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 remember yeah. that. But he he knows how to act, and I think he I think he'll
2: do a good job. To be honest, and um, you touched on it earlier, but his, his vice captains will be important as well. And, and as it appears, he's lined up some some great vice-captains, so they'll have a positive impact on the side as well.
0: Well, let's hope it, he uh, he does and they do, because um, we're not particularly impartial here. I think we'd all like to see you win the Ryder Cup again. Um, OK, so that leads us on to our final discussion point for this podcast. And I want you both to pick a player... Who's going to come through the ranks next year? Who ha- who isn't a current major champion? Who do you think is waiting in the wings? Who is going to make a big statement in 2016? Who is going to do? Granted, it's unlikely, but who's going to do a Jordan Spieth next year?
1: I'll go first on this one, and it's the man who should have won a major already and hasn't, and plays every now and then, and plays on. You know, could play some more tournaments. And that's Dustin Johnson in such a big year. He has the game to defeat any golf course on the planet. He hits the ball ridiculous distance, um, but he just has an issue with getting over the line. I feel this year, more than any, that with four majors, the Olympics and the Ryder Cup, he could clean up of them all. And if he has a good start to the season and gets a bit of confidence under his belt, gets a big win under his belt, whether that's a major or not, uh, he's going to be someone who is going to be there every single Sunday down the stretch.
0: And uh, what I'd say about him is that at least he's knocked on the door. Yeah. Um, I think if you were so scared of winning a major and, and felt the pressure so much, you wouldn't find yourself in there on the final green with a putt to to get in a playoff like he did at, uh, at Chambers Bay in 2015. If you're someone who is scared of being there, then you'll find a way of backing out before then.
2: Let's not forget that he was pretty much out of it after about 12 holes at Chambers Bay and then he bounced back and he birdied 17 he hit the most incredible drive down 18 between the tiny gap between the rough and the bunker that jutted into the fairway and then he hit a brilliant forearm to about 20 feet that's class I mean that says a lot about his mental state No it I mean, does everyone, it does yeah, he, You yeah, can't hit just, shots like yeah, that yeah, down he the stretch the <laughs> and he, he shouldn't have missed, missed it, it and perhaps the, the greens were playing on his mind. mind perhaps it was a bad, bad stroke, stroke. He, he looked like a nervous stroke to me he looked very tentative <laughs> And, and that, that is concerning. concerning. But well, let's, let's not forget, forget what
1: preceded it. You know the thing which I like about Dustin Johnson is that he's someone who also performs very well at the Open. He will come to England. He will learn the shots. He will get on with it. He's he's performed well at the Opens already. He, he could have won at St George's without.
2: Is that we shanked it out of bounds. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> of, of <laughs> all the, to the places
1: area. to shank it, yeah. to hit it into. Biggest field in history, <laughs> and then uh, even this year um, in 2015 uh, at the Open, he was le- he was leading after two rounds, and then just completely forgot how but to he play. And Andrew, he so has
0: won big tournaments though, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's, so he knows how to win. No, he
1: won, he, what, he, two WGC. Yeah, yeah he, you know he, he he does know, and he has a game which anybody else would kill for. We'll keep us saying about Jordan Spieth does. You know, he does all the very basic
2: stuff. John Spieth, I bet John Spieth wishes he could hit it as far as Dustin Johnson, no yeah. doubt. His, his long game is basically a given. It's whether he turns up with his putting shoes on. And if he does, as you say, he's a threat in every tournament. And we've talked about Troon suiting a long hitter who can control his ball flight and hits it long and straight. Johnson's very, very straight, which people gloss over often. Uh, so He'll need to be. Straight. From yeah. what I know about that back nine, he'll need to be long and straight. He yeah. is. If you look at it me talking about statistics again If you look at the stats <laughs> he hits it long and he crucially he hits it straight indeed indeed he does um, okay
0: Nick so let's finish on Dustin Johnson who, who do you think is going to come out of the pack in 2016
2: uh, I've got two names here standard, standard. Well, why have one name when you can have two exactly. Terry two names why, here why we go why make a decision when <laughs> you can just have two names one of which is Brandon Grace, so I think it's a class act um, one bad shot put him out of contention at Chambers Bay and I think he only finished one shot behind speed so yeah that sounds, even, about, even made, sounds about right yeah, so even if he just <laughs> made a bogey there he would have been right in it um, uh, he's a, he's just a class act um, he's got a great temperament he drives the ball very well he's really really good in the greens and he's the kind of guy that when he's in that position he really goes for the jugular and he doesn't back off and I think that's a quality that all major champions need uh, he's going to win a major perhaps not next year but very soon and, and the other one is, is Patrick Reed who has many similar qualities to Grace. Um, Great player, great fighter, very dogged. Um, What's interesting about this year is that... Sorry to bore you with stats again. (coughs) I'm used to it, Nick, I'm used to it. ...in in driving accuracy and and 141st in Green's Regulation, regulation, 2015 on the PGA Tour, which are horrendous statistics. He still managed to finish in the top 12 in the the FedEx Cup. Cup. That says a lot about his, his, uh, shall we say... Uh, untangible, untangible qualities, qualities. And, and he
0: is. is the sort of player who will step outside America and perform.
2: Yeah, and look, look how he performed at the Ryder Cup, and look at the passion he plays with. And if you can harness that passion and not let it be detrimental, which Reed does and which Reed did in the Ryder Cup, then it's a, it's a tremendous asset. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to nominate Ricky Fowler. I know we've already spoken a bit about Ricky Fowler, but he's just too good, isn't he,
0: to, to not not win one of these majors. And he'll be looking at the likes of Rory and, and Jordan Spieth. And these will be... Certainly, Rory was a contemporary of, of Ricky's growing up. They played in the, the Walker Cup against each other. For Ricky then to see Jordan Speeth come through and Jason Day come through, he's going to have just that bit more motivation than anybody, I think, this off-season to kind of get himself... Do whatever he needs to do to improve, what, 1%, 2% in order to get across the line in a major?
1: And isn't it scary that the three people we've spoken about, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Ricky Fowler, all young Americans in a Ryder Cup year, I think it's suddenly a scary prospect Come the Ryder Cup in October. They
2: were all in the team last time and they lost, you know, convincing me. Okay,
0: so, okay, well, taking Rory to one side, who, who, from a European perspective, can you imagine winning a major this year?
1: Well, I think Justin Rose is someone who keeps on knocking on the door. Obviously, he's already won one, so that's probably I've probably cheated a little bit there. But Stenson, Stenson, hopefully, you, you just wonder about these guys. Whether there's so many of the, there's so many good players out there now at the moment. If one of them has a great week, they're going to win. But it's just whether they can actually time it right with a major. They do it all the time on, on the usual tour events. Um, Stenson again, he's going to be a massive player. You know, Stenson and Rose were so good together at the last Ryder Cup um they were just brutally good um even with Stenson had a, had a bad injury and he had to get rested eventually but um there, there are some <laughs> those two especially I think they're in the, the world's top 10 already and Stenson he's going to be representing Sweden obviously at the Olympics as well he is they're going to be so passionate about this I think we're quite lucky as you know, team GB we won so many medals in the 2012 Olympics you've got to think about all these other countries who have some really quite decent golfers who don't win a huge amount of medals at the Olympics, they're going to be going hell for leather, representing their country. So, It um, yeah. would put them up with the sporting greats from their country,
0: which in in, golf in some of these territories, even if you did win loads and loads of majors, you would never be revered as one of the great sporting um, figures of your time. Mm. Um, but the
2: likes of Stenson has that opportunity. Nick, anyone else from a European perspective you think is worth mentioning? Uh, just, just to start. touch on those two guys, I think you talked about having a great win and... and your chances are that you will win that's actually I don't think that's the case anymore Um, firstly I think I don't think Stenson will win a major I've just got concerns about his ability to perform on the biggest stage when the pressure's on I know he's played well in the Ryder Cup but referencing the PGA in 2015 where he was right in it and then sort of imploded yeah. in the so, so
1: you think Brandon Grace will win a major but Henry Stenson won't? Yes, that's correct. But
2: I can feel a bet coming on Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely But, but Justin Rose, Rose, with the score he produced at the Masters in 2015, that would have won something like 8 of the preceding 10 events It just caught Spieth bad timing uh, and I think that Rose will win a Masters at some stage and I can see him winning another US Open definitely and, and this course does seem like a well, firstly, it's got a lot of parallels with Merian, uh, and he's great at, at a US Open venue. He's the kind of guy who hits it long, straight, finds a lot of greens, uh, and that's what you need to do at US, US Open. I think he's a little bit mechanical uh, to win an Open Championship, possibly. Rose. Um, doesn't yeah. have that, perhaps, that creativity that some of the other guys possess, but yeah, I think, absolutely, Justin Rose will win another major. Well, there you go, you heard it here
0: first. Justin Rose to win, did you say, all four majors in 2016? And and the Olympics.
1: And
2: the 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 Ryder Cup. I want to touch on the Ryder Cup again quickly because everyone talks about Ian Poulter as Mr Ryder Cup and there was a point at Glen Eagles where Rose won a point on a Saturday where his record was better than Poulter's. uh, He's Mr Ryder Cup. Okay. If Poulter should be called Mr Ryder Cup, Rose should too. He's performed at an immensely high standard since was it two thousand and eight when he made his debut.
1: Yeah, well, it's It's funny that you picked on two players who are obviously great mates, um, have played quite a lot of matches together as well. So. um that's fair enough. To be honest with you, from my point of view, as long as one of them turns up and plays really well, I don't really care.
0: No, indeed, indeed. Well, we'll be having our fingers crossed for all of those um, those British guys next year, although it would also be great to see some of the um, young Americans come through the pack as well. Um, it is a huge year, 2016, so much going on. Please make sure that you follow Golf Monthly on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram feeds, because... Um, we are fairly relentless um, at getting content out there and making sure that the people that follow us are the first people to know about anything that's going on in the world of golf. So please make sure you follow us on those and we look forward to welcoming you into the Clubhouse next time. Thank you.